Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast, and I'm just checking in on you. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, you know what? You know what I could really use right now? A fucking nap. I just realized that. I'm getting into my old man naps. Oh, the old man, the old man naps. He ain't what he used to be. Wake up, old grandpa. Um, anyways, I am here in New York City. I worked on the movie today. We did a great scene or two. Now I came back and I just missed my lovely daughter. She was going off to some friggin' class she had. Really fucking broke my heart. I thought I was going to get home in time to see her. But she's back at 6 o'clock. So I'll get to hang with her tonight. Because what's more important than that? Oh, you know what? Making you laugh in this moment as you fucking trudge home. By the way, everybody, please try to be on the lookout for cyclists out there. You know, 16 people have already died riding bicycles this year alone in New York City. I cannot fucking believe that if you get on a bicycle in New York City with all these fucking people driving around, texting while driving, while you on a bicycle, blow off as many fucking red lights and stop signs as you can. Can you fucking believe people are dying? These fucking assholes on their bicycles, God bless them. You know, you got to like them on one level because, you know, they're keeping themselves in shape. They're not polluting, okay? They're thinking globally. They're acting locally and all that type of shit. Having said that, they had a big protest, you know, to try to make safer bike lanes, which I agree with, but I'm a cunt, so I got to give them some shit. They're fucking down there, and t- they had a big thing where everybody laid still in honor of the dead 16 fucking people this year in, in Washington Square Park. And they're blaming the government, the, uh, the, the governor, saying he's not doing enough and he doesn't give a shit about cyclists. But at no fucking point, no fucking point, did they ever bring up, hey, you know something, uh, we could probably do a better job stopping at red lights instead of gliding through weaving through traffic, all that dumb shit that they fucking do. When was the last time you saw somebody on a bicycle actually stop? At it? They're supposed to, you know. They love to act like they're a fucking car when they're riding out in the road and you got to go 10 miles an hour behind them. Second, there's a stop sign. All of a sudden, they, they fucking go right through it. Like, like they're a ghost or some shit. Um, that's the thing that bugs me. Is that the thing? Well, it's a, one, one of many things. People on motorcycles, another fucking thing. They always like, what can these things where people pull out in front of people on motorcycles? It's like, well, wake the fuck up. Wake the fuck up. It's like you're on a motorcycle. People can't see you. You know it's dangerous. You know what you signed up for. Not saying it's not fun. I'm just saying. How about a little bit of responsibility? You took it. How many times have you been in a car and you saw somebody guy go by on a motorcycle and you're just like, that guy's going to fucking die. I, I, I'm literally looking at a fucking dead man. Maybe not right now, maybe not in another mile, but eventually that person, if they continue to ride like that, they're going to fucking die. I can't tell you how many times I've been like driving down the highway and somebody comes blowing by me so fucking fast on a motorcycle, it actually scares me. Like a fucking human missile. Thoughts and prayers go out too. Um, that's all I'm saying. Because I'm all for the bike lanes. I wish they had them. I was actually talking to the guy bringing me back from the movie there in the van. And I was saying, like, you know, in the future, when they look at these bike lanes where there's no barrier between where the cars drive and where the bikes are, uh, people are going to look back and just be like, Jesus Christ, 
It's like looking back in the day when a goalie didn't wear a mask, you know? Well, you look at the original, like those, those Formula One races from the 1950s where there's footage, and on a straightaway, they just have the crowd standing on the grass behind a rope. They'd have them like 20 feet off, and it's all good because they're thinking, well, they're going straight through here until two of them bump into each other, sending each other both out into the fucking crowd. Um, that's all I'm saying. I don't know. I grew up in an era when you rode a bicycle, you didn't wear a helmet, and you rode on the sidewalk. You didn't ride out in the fucking street like you were having your own bike race that nobody knew about. And if you died on a bike, that was it. Nobody spray painted it white. I mean, nobody even knew, I don't think. But I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm weird on this bike issue. Like, I think it's great. More people should do it. It's got to be safer. But like these fucking, I'll say conservatively, that 20 to 30% of people on bicycle ride, ride like assholes and don't stop at red lights. And that's only, that's saying what, two out of 10, three out of 10. And that hasn't been my experience. I drive my wife nuts. I'll be in the car and just be like, look at this cunt. He's not going to, no, he's not stopping. Just keep going. Oh yeah, when you die, they should frost the bike. You know, and blame fucking people in cars. Um, and anyway, sorry. Anyway, let, let, let's go to something positive. The uh, women's soccer team. Went back-to-back in World Cups championships. First woman's team to ever do so, and they had the parade today in New York City. So congratulations to all of them. Uh, They're going to go for a three-peat. you got to go for a three-peat. Has that ever even happened in men's soccer? Um, I don't know. You know what would be awesome is if soccer becomes such a huge sport that there's a professional, professional league that women support the way men support the NFL and shit. And they buy jerseys and shit. And then these women go out and make fucking million dollars, you know, get commercial uh, fucking whatever. What do you call it? Endorsement deals and all. How great would that be? That would be so fucking. It would be great for women and it'd be great for men. Because they quit trying to worm their way into our sports. <laughs> I cannot stand women in male sports. Why? Because I'm sexist? Probably. But besides that, I just don't like how when they show up, all of a sudden, like the whole fucking thing has to change to the way they want it. They can't even just meet us halfway. Like, all right, we'll try to tone down some of the locker room language, but you know, you got to get a little more of a tougher skin. It's like, no, I feel fucking triggered. This is my space and I need to feel safe. And next thing you know, everybody's wearing pink for a month in the fucking NFL. Hey, will that shut you up? Will that make you happy? You fucking intrusive assholes. I'll tell you what's killing me is I'm reading, I'm reading that Ken Stabler fucking book, right? It's just that those days just don't exist anymore. Where a guy could get divorced twice and still have enough money to get married again. It just doesn't exist. Back then, you'd be like, all right, I'll give you a fucking cow, uh, the pie dishes, and a pat on the ass. And you can go fuck yourself. I'm keeping the cow. Well, I built it. I built the fucking thing, didn't I? Well, that goddamn right I did. All right, emotional support doesn't build a structure. You don't, you don't have those divorce settlements anymore. Um, <laughs> anyway, 
I'm fucking, uh, I'm overtired here, people. But if I don't do this podcast now, I know tomorrow I'm going to have an early call. If I do the podcast now, tomorrow I will have a late call, at which point I'll get to sleep in, which is something I'm really looking forward to. So I know the show business gods are like, ah, oh, no, you don't. Ah, oh, you ain't going to fucking sleep in. So uh, I'm trying to just go on momentum here. My modem. So once again, I think what I was just trying to say is congratulations to uh, the women's soccer team. And it's a great thing for ladies everywhere. And I think it's, it's high time that they had their own sports leagues. Separate but equal. <laughs> Why can't you just let us be morons over in our own little corner? Can't we just do that? Can't we just do that? Jesus fucking Christ. Jesus Christ. I don't, I don't even know what. I don't even know what anymore. I don't get how joining something that oppressed you then makes you stronger. Why don't you create your own fucking thing and then you run it? Right? Isn't that the stronger move? Is that the brave move? I have no fucking idea. Um, by the way, um, we did a show in Staten Island at this beautiful theater. I didn't even know it existed. I didn't even, I, you know what? I didn't even get the fucking name of it. Theater, Staten Island, Michael Bolton. Because he was playing there coming up. What is it? What is it? The St. George Theater. Oh, my God, was that place fucking gorgeous. I didn't even know it existed. You know, it's weird. As I came down to New York City, you know, I started coming down before I moved in 1994. So it took me 25 years to finally get to Staten Island and do a stand-up show down there. And um, an incredible theater. I heard Tony Bennett goes there all the time. And I got to come back and do a show. It was incredible. And we did a thing for the firefighters. Um, just had it. We had a, uh, we just had a great fucking time. It was a wonderful show. And I don't know, Staten Island is really, uh, I don't know why it gets all that shit. It's kind of cool that it does get a lot of shit because it prevents people from fucking moving there. But it's a really nice Green place with a ton of trees, a lot of nice houses, just like a real neighborhood vibe, like back in the day when I was a kid. I can't say enough good things about it, so I'm really sold on, uh, really sold on that borough and old Billy Freckles. I want to come back to the St. George Theater. You know, take the ferry over, the old ferry taking the ferry over, and I'll fucking do a show, right? I went over to fucking Top Tomato and got myself a little ball of fucking French mozzarella. Came home. Everybody was gone. Sitting here like a fucking divorcee eating little slices of cheese. You know what kept the cheese moist? My tears. Um, sorry. <laughs> anyway, I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing here. I think I, got I, think I have one advertising read. I literally just hit record. I have nothing to talk about in this fucking 19 minutes to go. Do you realize that? I wonder if teachers ever get into that fucking situation. The lesson's over, like, oh, my God, I've blown through all of this shit. Now what the fuck am I going to talk about? You know what they do then, right? They just call in the dumbest kid in the room. Figure his fucking stammering will eat up fucking a good seven or eight minutes. Well, didn't you do the assignment? He gets balled out. Is it still called that? You get yelled at by a teacher. I'm sure there's some Instagram. Balled out. Let's see what they say here. Balled out. New word suggestion. To scold or reprimand, usually a child or young person by a parent or a guardian. Uh, What the fuck is a guardian? 
This is my new thing. Like, when I don't know shit, I'm just fucking looking it up on the internet because, God, that's where all the answers are. You know? Guardian of the Galaxy? Guardians of the Galaxy? Was that because their real parents couldn't show up to represent the galaxy? Am I doing stand-up from the 80s? The Guardian news report definition, you cunt. Definition of Guardian. Protector, defender, preserver, champion. Easy, easy. Warden, guard, keeper. That sounds more more in the world I'm thinking of. Curator, caretaker, steward, trustee, supervisor. All of those words sound like the person that nestles up to some fucking old guy. You know, wait for him to die, and then all of a sudden the guy changed his will, and the, the steward, his caretaker... He changed his will shortly after getting a new caretaker. All right, a person who looks after and is legally responsible for someone who is unable to manage their own affairs, especially an incompetent or disabled person or a child whose parents have died. All right, I got to look up guardian whores because there's gold digging whores. And now you got to have guardian whores. Jack the Ripper's victims had to be whores. How the hell did I get here? How the hell did Carrie Fisher, my husband has been seeing prostitutes. What part of the fucking internet internet am I on? Why men use prostitutes? Because they leave. Quentin Tarantino produced film post casting call for whores. So what? Quentin Tarantino produced film cost, casting call for whores has caused controversy after a Facebook post invited whores to apply. Why, why do women act like whores don't exist? I, I just don't fucking understand it. Only they can say who's a whore and who isn't? Who's a who? A? All right, Jack the Ripper's victims had to be whores. No, 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 what was it? Was I right to pay for a prostitute for my husband? There's the winner. Okay. Christmas comes early with this article. If you are hoping to add to his repertoire or experience, you will have failed, says a woman named Annalisa Barberi. Why did you fucking ask her? All right, my husband and I have been together for six years. I married him when he was 18 and I was 24. Oh, Jesus, robbing the cradle. I discovered after we got married that he had sexual intercourse only with me. Well, you didn't talk about that before. He had sexual encounters with other women, but he hadn't felt ready for intercourse. At first, oh, he lied. He acted like, you know, he was was a man of the world. At this point, At first, this wasn't a problem, but now his younger brothers are sexually active and have had multiple sexual partners. He has started to feel jealous. Yeah, this marriage is over. Uh, I felt that this jealousy was only going to grow, and I didn't want him to develop feelings of resentment towards me and cheat on me. Jeez, this woman should get a fucking award if she's going to do what I think she's going to do. I also didn't want him to think he had missed out and get into his 30s or 40s and leave me so he could experience what it feels like to sleep with other people as his stepdad did to his mum. His mum? This must be over in jolly old England. So I took out me pocketbook, 
so I booked a holiday to Amsterdam with the intention of paying for a prostitute for him. I felt this would be a safe option as it, it is a job and no feelings could develop. Plus, he would know he had slept with someone other than me. I didn't know exactly how he would feel afterwards, but I was willing to take this risk to save the future of our marriage. Okay, but now it has happened, and he wasn't happy or fulfilled. He said he felt nothing at all. Yeah, that's, that is usually the feeling. And it was very different and strange. Well, that's what happens when you get some strange. He was, defl- he was deflated afterwards, and now he won't talk to me about it because he says it hurts him. I'm scared it has upset him and worried I shouldn't have done this. <laughs> Well, you kind of went zero to fucking 60. Well, he was kind of driving 10 miles an hour. He went down a country road with you, but then all of a sudden he got on the interstate there with somebody who fucks for a living. All right, there were a few things which struck me about your letter. First, how few times it said we, even when you talk about your marriage, is a union. Yeah, yeah, he's right. This sounds like it was all her fear. Who gives up? This is what, I, this is what the podcast has come to at this point. I'm literally talking about... Reading somebody else's fucking letters that someone... Why don't you bring you home a sandwich or something? Oh, Jesus, no. I can't eat a sandwich at my age this late in the day. Sun goes down. That's it. That's no more fun for B. Billy. All right? Um, all right. I, I mentioned earlier, I went to the Staten Island Yankee game before I, I did the um, show at the St. George's Theater. I went, and I went to this sports bar. I got a delicious meal, you know? And I was with Club Soda Kenny... And he was like, hey, Bill, you know the Staten Island Yankees have a home game? And I was like, great, let's fucking go. So we went, got two tickets behind home plate, watched Staten Island Yankees play the Connecticut so-and-sos. I don't know who the fuck they were. Um, I thought that was triple-A ball down there. It's like one single-A with something else, and I guess there's three levels of that. And I don't know, but they were kids we were watching, but they were great. And my, my scouting call in that game was the catcher for Connecticut, Cooper Johnson. He was the most impressive. Threw out a kid at second base, backed up a throw on first base. There was a foul ball going down the right field line. You know when they have the bullpens on the field? And the catchers had their back, and the pitchers had their back to the fucking play. And he just fucking, he's like halfway down the first base line, just yells, move! <laughs> I'm like, all right, we got ourselves a general. Um... That's my pick. You know what was cool was you were sitting there and next to us were like three fucking scouts sitting there with a radar gun. And I, when I tell you this guy wrote a small paragraph after every single fucking pitch, I was fascinated by it. And I was also thinking like, you know, that's one of those things in life where you just love something so much that you get a job in it. And then all of a sudden you're working in it. And, and, and as much as you still love it, a part of your love for it dies. You got to sit there sweating your fucking balls off, writing a goddamn soliloquy after every single fucking pitch, you know? I'm sure when you think about getting into the front office in baseball, you're going to be eating fucking peanuts and Cracker Jacks and smoking cigars, sitting in the dark like that fucking guy in The Natural. Take me out to the ball game, right? You're banging the fat chick that plays the organ. Take me out to the crowd. The whole fan base loves you. You win championship after championship. Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jacks. You sign that stud from the Dominican Republic. I don't care if I ever get. Next thing you know, you're on the Staten Island Ferry 
wearing some slack she bought nine years ago at Sears Roebuck. You know, sitting there with 40 other people watching a fucking baseball game. Can you have a couple of beers? No. Right? Can you eat some weed and be tripping a little? No, I can't do that. You got to sit there stone sober with a ballpoint pen and a notebook writing down paragraphs about mechanics. Now, maybe I'm superimposing how I would be feeling. I'd call the front office at some point and be like, listen, is it okay if every third game I just went, I got shit-faced after the seventh inning? You know, I know what's going on, okay? I've seen all the way up to their middle relief, okay? And I don't give a shit how, how fucking drunk I am. If they, if they bring in a shutdown closer, I'm going to notice. Okay? Hello? This just did. Bill Burr fired from the Staten Island Yankees single-A team for getting shit-faced before the closer came in. Bill, do you have a comment? Hey, I like to fucking drink. Well, how many fucking games am I supposed to go to? I called Cooper Johnson, didn't I? Fucking assholes. Oh, take me into the advertising. Oh, 21 minutes in. I've never been so happy to see 21 here. Oh, by the way, oh my God, the big gay summer of the NBA. Oh, Jesus, do I have some tea leaves to spill on your yum-yums? Kawhi Leonard, however you say it, I just heard he's going to be spending some time with LeBron in Los Angeles, except they're going to be in the same house, but on different, in different bedrooms. Leonard just signed with uh, the fucking the Clippers. You know, as much as I'm making fun of the NBA, it is absolutely brilliant what they've done to only make three teams having a serious contention be serious contenders every year and just fuck the rest of the league. You would think that that would fuck them over, but they know. They know attendance has nothing to do with it. It's all about the soap opera. It's all about the stories. So they are now at 12 12 months out of the year. It's NBA time. The fucking championship ended a month ago, and there's more shit. There's more shit on the fucking ESPN. Top stories. Fuck baseball. Top, it's baseball season. Fuck baseball. Top fucking stories are superstars, you know, drinking out of champagne flutes on fucking boats, you know, getting into a prayer circle and all deciding what team they're going to pile on next. You know what sucks about that? It's one of my favorite things I ever saw was the look Michael Jordan gave the Detroit Pistons when they walked off the court, when they knew that they were going to lose to him. And rather than being men about it, they went off like the fucking punks. I I can't say punks because they could all kick the shit out of me, but it's just as far as like, you know, that's not the way you do it. They just walked off. Isaiah shrugging his shoulders with a stupid smile on his face. The look on Jordan's face. How he just sat there and looked at him like he just he just lost all respect for him. You know? I don't know why I love that moment. Probably because I hated the fucking pistons. Um But can you imagine if you know, if he played today, this is sacrilegious to say this because I know Jordan wouldn't do it, but like a player of his caliber or, or somewhere near his caliber, because nobody is, would have just joined the pistons. And then they would have had a fucking dynasty like they did out in there in uh, fucking, 
wherever the fuck Golden State plays. They played in the state that's golden. You know who made it the Golden State, by the way, huh? We all know, don't we? It wasn't the, it wasn't the gold rush of the 49ers. It wasn't that at all. Mm-hmm. With their gold pants. <laughs> it wasn't that. It was Robert Plant. When he stood at the Rock and Roll Hyatt right next to the fucking the comedy store. He said, I'm a golden god. Which you know he never did. That was in that book, Hammer of the Gods. They just said he said it. He probably, what he's saying in that photo is, I can't believe how many bitches I'm going to fuck out here. That's probably what he said. That's what I'm guessing. But, you know, I think the person just stole the photo and just said, you know, it was such a silly book. Now looking back, having read the thing, I'm just like, remember one point when something bad happened, they said, like, Jimmy Page walked away muttering some occult shit. It was just a bunch of crap, but God bless the person. He, he made some money. Simply safe, everyone. Simply safe space. Simply safe, everybody. Uh, there are over 2 million burglaries reported every year. Those are just the ones that are reported. And do you know that a woman is twice as likely to not report a burglary? That's one every 13 seconds. Wow, there's a lot of seconds in a year, huh? I think there'd be one every half a second. Hang on a second. We got to look this up now. How many seconds in a year? Quick, give me a guess. How many seconds in a year? I mean, I don't even know what that number is. 3.154, the letter E plus 7. How about a number? How many seconds in a year? Here we go. Give me it. Come on. What do you got? What do you got? All right. One day is 24 hours. We know that one. Total numbers of seconds in 24 hours, 3,600. One year is 600, 500,000, 31,557,600 seconds. Think about that. And what do you do with them? And what's crazy is that only one in five homes has home security. Maybe because most companies really don't make it easy. That's why Simply Safe is my top choice. Yeah, or you, you know, that's or you don't think there's anything worth stealing in your house, and then all the next thing you know, the guy down the street starts smoking meth. And he's got his eye on your fucking toaster, right? And he's coming in with his fucking druggy saliva through your fucking... You're trying to wash the dishes and he's coming right through. Coming right fucking through. He's on bath salts. I mean, you got to get this shit. See, I don't like this copy. You got to scare him more, Simply Safe. Simply Safe protects your whole home, every window, room, and door with 24-7 monitoring for just a fraction of the cost. Their police dispatch is up to three and a half times faster because they use video verification. I don't even know what that means. Oh, yeah. Oh, because there's video. Oh, did a bird hit the window? No, there's a crackhead crawling through window number seven. Um, Here's the video. There's no contract, hidden fees, or fine print. It's designed to blend right into your home. No wires, no drilling. It's easy to order and easy to set up, usually in under an hour. Simply Safe has won a ton of awards from CNET to the New York Times, Wirecutter, 
Prices are always fair and honest. Around the clock monitoring, it's just $15 a month. Visit simplysafebird.com. You'll get free shipping and a 60 day risk free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure you go to simplysafebird.com so they know our show sent you. That's simplysafebird.com. S I M P L I S A F E. Capital B U R R dot com. D O T C O M. Um, Oh, so I'm reading this Ken Stabler book, okay? And I remember the year that the Raiders won. It was actually the year before I started watching football religiously. I started around the playoffs, playoffs of the 1977 season. And then I watched my first Super Bowl, 1978, the Dallas Cowboys versus the Denver Broncos. All right? And this is the year before. And the New England Patriots had an incredible team that year. Went 11-3. We beat the Miami Dolphins, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and we beat the shit out of the fucking Oakland Raiders. This is like Ken Stabler's words. We beat the shit out of them. 44 to something. Then we met them in the playoffs, and the Raiders went 13-1 and that year. Okay? The only team that beat them was the New England Patriots. So it's kind of funny, you know? So they went, they went all the way and fucking... Well, it's not the same as the Patriots losing to the Giants because we lost the Super Bowl. It'd be the same if the Giants beat us in the regular season. Um, but we fucked up their perfect season. So, as a football fan, I wish we didn't. You know, just because I'm so sick of that stupid shit with the, the, the Dolphins, you know, going nuts, you know, because they were undefeated in a 14-game season with no 24-hour sports networks. None of that fucking bullshit. Um... It's a completely different time. But you do have to respect it. But I, 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 they annoy the shit out of me. Anyways, so we ended up playing Oakland in the playoffs that year, first round. We're playing them again. And it's like third down in 18. And Stabler goes back to pass. He throws a pass. It falls incomplete on like the three-yard line or whatever. Um, you know, he threw like a 20, 30 yard pass or some shit like that. So they were going to be looking at fourth and 18 and you have to look at this play. I'm going to post this play for all these fucking Raider fans who still whine about the tuck rule. I mean, it's fucking ridiculous. Ray Hamilton comes in and is like, as, as, uh, Stabler's throwing the ball, he like hits Stabler. And his hand was up around his face, but they didn't have that rule back then. Like today, it would be like uh, roughing the quarterback, just looking at him. Forget about your hand in his face, but that wasn't a rule. Even Stabler says in the book, says Christmas came early and the ref saw a roughing the passer, which brought the ball down. Now, I was under the impression it brought it down to like the one yard line. They handed it off and then that was it. But according to Stabler, and I cannot find footage of this part of it because they never show it, but... um, they threw a pass, had a run, and then at one point, one of the Patriots was screaming at the official and got it. And it was like fourth and one. It was going to be close. And there was a Patriot screaming at the official, still probably bitching about that call. And he got an unsportsmanlike conduct that gave him a first down. And then a play later or two plays later, the Raiders put it in for the go-ahead score. That was, um, that's how it went down. I didn't realize we lost our composure um, like that or whatever, but uh, it's really fucking interesting. 
But um, yeah, I can't say enough about the book, too. It's a great fucking book that I'm reading. But I had no idea that we were that good that year. And then I talked. Then next week, this is what's crazy. The Raiders then played the Pittsburgh Steelers, where the Steelers just owned the Raiders. And Stabler said Franco Harris and Rocky Blyer, they're two top running backs. I mean, Franco Harris was like when he retired, the only person who had more yardage than him was, uh, was Jim Brown. I believe he was second all time when he retired. What, neither one of them were playing. And Stabler said, even if they were playing, I think our defense, the 3-4 defense that they had was playing so well, they wouldn't have beat us that day. I, I can't co-sign on that. I called up Bartnick, talked to him about it. That was actually, believe it or not, that team that year was the best Steeler team. That's what people say. And they could have actually won three in a row, but the injury bug hit them, which cleared the way. That little stupid fucking roughing the passer call and then the two injuries to the Steelers, cleared the way. And, of course, the Raiders being a great team also. But just the amount of fucking luck that you need. You know, and I've always said, like, that tuck rule is like, like, the, the first game, that was just a shit call. The tuck rule, that was just, that was the right call on a stupid fucking rule. Because that's a fumble. And you know what's funny? That fucking referee, he's now like 93. I want to interview the guy if I can find him. I would be nice to him if anybody's listening that knows him. Um... I would love to him. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even bring that up. I wouldn't, you know, some, I wouldn't even bring up the fucking game. I would just want to hear all his stories about, you know, officiating games with Walter Payton and, and all of these amazing Dick Butkus and all like this. His whole time when he played uh, was, was an official, I should say. But um, he even said that that was a fumble. He goes, oh, that's a fumble. But not according to the rule, it isn't. And the whole point of the rule was to, to avoid confusion about what was a fumble and what wasn't. But that one little lucky thing... That happened to us, you know. Christmas came again, Ken Stabler. I wonder what he thought when he watched that game. He probably laughed. It's like, ah, there you go. They finally got us back. He just seems like the coolest fucking dude ever. And um, people listen to podcasts know that I fucking, I love the South and I love Alabama. Um, you know, I don't like a lot of shit, obviously, all the stuff about, like, uh, racism and the Klan and all that. But I've traveled enough to sit there, and I understand. Like, that, that, that bullshit where they act like it's just down there, you know, is in, in, in Boston is, so, is fucking ridiculous. Um, so anyways, I like it down there. I like the pace down there. It's a beautiful fucking state. And uh, it's fun to read about someone that really enjoys it down there. And he was talking about how during the off season. He'd go down and he had a place right down on the shores of the Gulf of Mexico. You know, they called it the Redneck Riviera. There's a few places that they call Redneck Riviera, but that was one, you know, that they called. And I, he bought this fucking zillion-dollar boat, like big-ass boat, with whatever money he was making back then. So it was tens of thousands of dollars, which was a ton of fucking money back then. And he was talking about being on there and him and his buddy splitting a bottle of Johnny Walker Red. <laughs> Not even black. Definitely not blue, if they even had blue. I don't know when blue came out, but I, and he said that or an ice-cold Budweiser. And I was like, this guy, I would have loved to have fucking hung out with that guy. Because I got to admit, like, I've tried, you know, fancy liquor and, and fancy beers and all that. But there's just certain ones. It's like child sense memory when you eat McDonald's. You know, it, you know it's not good for you. 
you know you're going to feel like shit, but when you smell it and you're eating it, it takes you back to when your parents took, there when you, took you there when you were a kid. You didn't have a care in the world. There's like alcohol like that for me. And uh, it's Michelob Light, the first thing I ever got a buzz off of. Um, and then Miller High Life, to me, always reminds me of drinking with Joe Bartnick. And whenever we're drinking them, we're always having the best fucking time. And, uh, and then any sort of like, I don't know. Whiskeys and shit like that just reminds me of Erzy, Lawhead, Bartnick, the whole fucking, all those fucking knuckleheads that I hang out with. Uh, it's a great book. I, I highly recommend it. And speaking of books, you can pre-order Hard to Handle. That's the book that Steve Gorman of the Black Crows uh, wrote. And I got to tell you, if you are not a fan of the Black Crows, you're not a fan of music, if you're not a fan of reading, you're still going to love this book. That's how I'm fucking amazing this book is. It's like... Uh, just holds nothing back, you know? I was reading this shit, and I'm just like, I can't imagine him him telling his wife any more than he's telling me. He just fucking let it fly. And if shit was going good with the band, he talked about how awesome it was. If it was going like shit, he just went like shit, and this guy was a fucking asshole, and I wanted to kill kill him. Phenomenal books called Hard to Handle. I tweeted out the link. Um, Definitely uh, give it a, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a great fucking read. So um, look at me with all the summertime reads here. Hard to Handle by Steve Gorman. I'm reading the Ken Stabler book. Uh, I forget the name of the book. It's got the, uh, the Raider helmet, and it's, he's got ice in there with, like, a Budweiser or a Strohs and something else. He's using it as, like, a cooler. And uh, Joe Bartnick got me the book because he's a class fucking act. And uh, that's it. That's it for the podcast. I hope you guys are having a great week. Have a wonderful weekend, you cunts. Thank you to everybody that came out to the St. George Theater in uh, Staten Island. I will definitely be back. I am beyond sold on Staten Island. I love it. Um, That's definitely going to be a tour stop next year when I get this new hour together. Um, If not sooner, man, I just, it just, you know, some of those venues just have the magic and that one definitely did. So I will definitely be back. All right. That's the podcast. Enjoy the music. A little musical interlude here and then we'll have another half an hour, a little bonus episode of uh, greatest hits, I should say, of a Thursday afternoon just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. Uh, Have a great weekend. Great weekend. going on it's bill burr and it's the monday morning podcast for monday july 11th 2011 see that look at me two 11s and i I blew right through it no problems whatsoever i think this is gonna be a good podcast um all right so here we are it's another monday it's another monday do you know where your dreams are I am going out of my fucking mind this week, people, as opposed to the other weeks when I'm so relaxed and chilled and realizing what's important in life. This week, believe it or not, I'm a little off the Zen path, if you can believe it. I've been in my fucking apartment uh, all goddamn day, 
And uh, I realized today, after being in my apartment the entire fucking day, because my girl had the car, all right? You know, it's how I'm living my life, debt-free. I could go out and get another one, you know? You think I'm not a big shot? You think I couldn't go out there and go get myself a fucking Mercury Monarch? Put some rims on that bitch? You think I can't live like that? I choose not to. Okay, because it's obnoxious. I don't flaunt my ability to get Mercury's answer to the Ford Granada. Actually, I would go out on a limb and say the Mercury was a little bit better because as far as the lineage goes, the Mercury, uh, back in the day anyways, was, was a, a, uh, for a man who was making a little more money and wanted to stick with the Lincoln Ford product, right? Did I lose all the ladies on that one? Did I? Well, that's good. Anyway, so I've been in this fucking apartment all fucking day, and uh, I don't know. I just realized I not only – I don't know what the fuck I'm talking. You know what? I could never work on a submarine. You ever see those things about those sailors? Sailors who uh, they join the Navy, right? A lot of people don't know, like, people who join the Navy, they're already sailors. You already have to be a sailor before you go into the Navy. I don't know if you guys knew that. you got to show up. Okay, you already have to have your little outfit on with the little hat, you know. <laughs> you got to come in there, dress like Popeye, have one, at least one anchor tattoo, and then you got to do a little dance with a mop. And if you do it, you move on to the next round. And on the next round, uh, what do you got to do? You got to do something else, something with a pipe. I can't remember. You start smoking a pipe, and then you eat a can of spinach, and then you're in. That's how it works. I know a lot of you thinking, like, Bill, you know, technically we're still at war. Um, You know, why are you making fun of that branch of the military? And I'll tell you why. Because that's the safest one to be in. I said this before, and I'll say it again a long time ago. I said it on the Uninformed Show with Joe DeRosa, the uh, teen idol sensation from the Opie and Anthony program. I said it a long fucking time ago. There has not been any great naval battle footage since World War II, all right? So basically, if you want to have, you know, the ability later on in your life when you're an old man and you're acting like a total douche and people are calling on it, calling you on it, and you want to be able to be like, I was a veteran, I'm a veteran. If you want to be able to yell that and not have to worry about your safety, you join the Navy. I mean, that's the way to go. And if you don't believe me, I, I, am, I have a lot of listeners, I believe, in the Army, in the Marines, in the Air Force that would gladly send me emails to tell me, to agree with me, that that is, that's the coward's way out. <laughs> I'm just fucking with you, all right, before you fucking call Fox News. And they can be, you know, only those people on TV with jowls. People who always question uh, people's patriotism always seem to have jowls. Have you noticed that? Oh, my years. Anyways, yeah, I've been in this fucking apartment all goddamn day long, and I'm going absolutely nuts. And I want to go out tonight. Okay, I want to feel the wind in what's left of my hair. (laughs) Going to hang my head out the window like fucking Ace Ventura, and I'm going to drive my quiet hybrid down the street. Okay, this is the kind of life I live, people. You know, you too could be in show business 
and live this sort of rock style lifestyle. Rock star lifestyle. I say rock style lifestyle. Ah, Bill, you know what, Bill? Why do you even bother? You know what? Fuck you. Why do you even listen? Why is it always on me? Um, this is what I did this week, people. I came home and uh, I don't know what the fuck I was supposed to do. But I walked into my bathroom and I saw that I had a leaky faucet. And immediately I got excited because I was like, oh, my God. I was like, oh, my God. There is a problem. All right? There's a problem and I know how to fix it. I know how to fix that motherfucker. All I do is I unscrew that little thing that the faucet handle pops right off. And then right underneath it's that thing that looks like a fucking spark plug. Right? Pull that thing out. There's the little washer. You take it out. You stick a new one in. Bam. And you reverse the process. I've done it. I've done it like five times since I've been in this apartment. And by five, I probably mean two. But we're going to say five. Reality was probably two. But I feel like I've done it like five times. So I walk in there. I bring in my little toolbox like a fan. I bring in in that little red one, little fire engine red toolbox, and I come walking in, you know, looking like the puppet that I look like. And uh, I open it up, right, grab my Allen wrenches, unscrew that little fucking thing, and here I am. Took the screw out. I did everything right. I put the towel right down in the sink, right over the uh, the drain mouth so I wouldn't lose it down there. I, I put the screw right where I knew it was going to be, right in the little area where I brush my teeth. Everything's going well so far. All systems go. So I unscrew the fucking thing, right? Everything's good. And I go to take the handle off. Lo and behold, it won't come off. Seems a little fussy. So I, I start jiggling it a little bit. I start tugging at it. I go, wait a minute, Bill. Wait a minute. Let's not break anything and turn this easy repair into something bigger. So what do I do? I go onto YouTube, already getting embarrassed, going, I already know how to fix this fucking thing. I was going to show off that I know how to do this so my girl could be like, oh, my God, you're so you're funny and you're handy, right? And it would just fill up my ego. So I go on the fucking YouTube, how to fix a leaky faucet, and every motherfucker on there, they're unscrewing a little screw, the handle pops right off, and they're on to the job. So I'm like, son of a bitch. Maybe there's some sort of uh, gunk in there. So I start tugging it a little fucking harder. And in the back of my head, it keeps going, don't do this. It's going to break. Don't do this. I start looking at it going, did I, did I take a wrench out? Was there something else I had to fucking unscrew? I, I just can't figure it out. And finally, what happens? I lose my temper and I go, I'm yanking this motherfucker off. Right? And what happens? Snap the goddamn handle. Snap the fucking thing off, like halfway down. Part of the threads are in there. It's this old vintage fucking faucet handle. So I had this simple goddamn job. Oh, halfway through, I called my fucking dad, too, to figure out how to do it. And I was already pissed, which is funny. Isn't that funny when you call somebody midway through a job? You know, he's just hanging out. He's just like, hello? I'm like, yeah, it's Bill. I'm trying to fix the fucking faucet. And he's just like, geez, easy, easy. You know, you just hit the ground running, screaming at him. Oh, well, you know, what you want to do there, Bill, is uh, you want to uh, you want to unscrew. And I'm like, I fucking did that already. I already did that. I tried to do it. And he goes, oh, well, jiggle it. I jiggled it. You know, and I yelled at him so much, he started getting mad. He's like, well, fucking call a plumber. 
I'm like, I'm not going to fucking call a plumber of a goddamn leaky fucking faucet. He's like, well, I don't know what to tell you. I said, fine, I'll call you later. He goes, all right, goodbye. You know? So that was the upside of it. I got a little father-son quality <laughs> quality time in there. So what do I do? I say, fuck this. I, I, got, a, I got a goddamn screwdriver. I'm trying to for The whole time, I'm going, what step did I miss? What did I do? Did I just push this up here? Sorry about that. I'm like, what step did I just fucking miss? So, as you know, as always, my temper does me in. And what do I do? I fucking yank this thing off. It snaps off. And now I still have a leaky faucet and I have half a goddamn handle. So, of course, you know, the male ego, I can't say anything to my girl, right? I just fucking walk out, head down, defeat. I look, you know what I look like? I look like fucking Peyton Manning in the third quarter of a playoff game. I got that Peyton face. You know, I undid my chin strap and I'm already looking for somebody to throw under the bus to blame it on, right? I start blaming my landlord because he likes everything all fucking old rather than just, you know, putting the blame on my shoulders and being a fucking leader. So like I said, I walk out of there. That's the only thing I was missing was a Peyton Manning jersey as I walk out my stupid sweaty forehead (laughs) and I just walk out. And I wait for Nia to discover it, right? And she comes in, and she knows I've been flipping out. She heard me yell at my dad about a washer, you know? Stupid fucking another three minutes of my life I'll never get back because of my dumbass temper. And uh, she goes in and immediately comes out. She's like, what What happened to the sink? Was, was there, are you like, are you halfway through the job? Nope, it's done, sweetie. Still leaks, and now there's half a handle. Anything else you need me to go take care of? Here I am, the man about the house. So, um, anyway, so I've gone on. I've gone on eBay. I've gone everywhere. I'm trying to find. It's not a really unique uh, faucet handle. It's just an older one. And out of respect for the guy who owns this place, I want to get a new one. Does anybody, any podcast listener in my Los Ange- in the Los Angeles area? know where I can find, do they have old, is there, a, is there a Fred Sanford house out here that just will have a bunch of old faucet handles? That's what I need to know. Uh, I have pictures of my damaged faucet handle up on the uh, the mmpodcast.com, the official fan page of the Monday Morning Podcast. And once again, it's www.themmpodcast.com. People seem to be having problems sometimes finding it. And uh, anybody out there that knows how to fucking do it. If you can look at it and tell me where I went wrong. I even took a picture of the goddamn screw where I unscrewed it. What else would be holding it in? I don't understand it. Obviously, you don't understand it, Bill. You fucking broke it. So uh, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. That's one of the first things I learned how to do in plumbing, and I was beyond excited. I probably talked about it three years ago on the podcast, for those of you searching in the archives. Um... I don't know what happened. This this is a lot, but what kills me about that is that is a microcosm of my life. It's like there's an obstacle. I learn how to defeat it, and then I walk away, and I completely forget everything that I've learned. And then fucking six months later, I'm in the same situation. I lose my temper, and the thing blows up in my face. And, uh, you know, I'm 43 years old, so who's kidding who? Wouldn't you say I'm beyond the halfway point in my life? You got to think that. I mean, 86 years, you know, 
That's long enough for a curse, everybody. Um, I think I'm going to make it into my 90s. And I want to hear everybody talking about my temper and how it's causing high blood pressure. Go fuck yourself. I go for hikes. That's how I even it up. That's how I level it off. Speaking of curses, by the way, I saw something. Uh, I'm submitting jokes to an award show, um, the ESPYs. I'm trying to get some jokes on there. And uh, so I've been reading all this sports stuff. You know, just everything, every fucking article I could I could come up with. And evidently, somebody on ESPN was announcing the uh, Cleveland Indians-Yankees game on a Saturday night. And they did the usual montage of Cleveland misery sports, which not even being a Cleveland fan, I can pretty much say what they are. It's the Michael Jordan shot. I don't know who it's over. Some fucking white guy, of course. And he jumps up and he's doing the fist pump. It's the John Elway drive. It's the fumble. Was it Ernest Beiner? I don't even know who the fuck it was. Fumble. And uh, when was the last time the Indians won it? 1948? Is that what it is? That's pretty much it in a microcosm. And then I guess they added LeBron James leaving. So all these uh, Cleveland fans not a, you know, started giving this ESPN guy shit for trash in Cleveland and saying that ESPN has a bias against Cleveland and that it's lazy journalism and all this type of shit. And, uh, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I got to tell you, there's only one way you're going to stop it. All right? This is coming from a fucking Boston fan where I had to watch that goddamn Buckner fucking replay a zillion goddamn times. I went to a Tampa Bay Devil Rays game and they chanted 1918 at me. Uh, they did it at the Philly Stadium, all that type of shit. It was just, you know, the Bucky Dent home run, the whole goddamn... Yeah, basically, you got to win a championship or they're never going to stop showing it. And uh, and I hate to tell you what you already know, but you guys, considering sh- the White Sox... You know, you'd think it was Chicago after Boston finally won something. You know, you would think that maybe it would be Chicago, but they I was thinking they got the Bulls, they have the Bears, they got the White Sox, and then the Blackhawks just won it. So it's kind of you guys, you know? This is off the top of my head. I think the last championship you won was 64. You won an NFL title. So you got to expect to get some shit. I feel for you. And, you know, remember when I said that I, w- I was going to uh, – I retired as a sports fan. I retired like Jay-Z as a sports fan after the Bruins won the Stanley Cup because I've seen all four in my lifetime and uh, and within the last seven years, so I'm done. It's never going to get any better. I'm walking away from the blackjack table. I'm up. I'm going back to my room. I might order a hooker, you know? Get a little fuck. I can't say that. You know, whatever. <laughs> It's my Catholic upbringing. Even though I still don't believe in this shit, I always stop short on a lot of the sex jokes. You know, oh, Jesus. Um, yeah, I walked away. So I am now a fan of of cities that need a championship. And I root for your fucking teams. That's what I'm doing from here on out. The rest of it, I don't give a shit. You know? Unless it's like New York fans. You just never can be sympathetic to New York fans because they just feel... They just feel that they're successful just because they don't even live in New York City. They just live near it, and that includes New Jersey. And they listen to that stupid song, If I can 
Make it there. I'm gonna make it anywhere. And they think, really? Let me ask you this. Why don't you look in the mirror and see your man tits pushing through your New York Jets jersey? And let me ask you a question. Are you really making it there? You know, I don't think you could make it in fucking Idaho. Why is it so hard to make it in New York? You got fucking everything there. It's fucking easy living. Go live in Idaho. You and your friends are just sitting there trying to make a pipe bomb out of a fucking potato or whatever the hell it is they do out there. You, you want to go live out there? They're tough New Yorker. You bunch of cunts. Um, so actually, uh, I have a new favorite baseball team. All right. So I'm always going to root for the Red Sox if they're in the playoffs. Go fuck yourself. I have to have that loyalty. But I'm actually paying more attention to the Pittsburgh Pirates because uh, they were, that was my favorite team when I was a kid. You know, we are family. Hey, 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 ooh, remember that shit? 1979. You remember that? I fucking love that team. And, you know, I was still fucking devastated after the Bucky Dent home run. That was a year later. That was a nice kick in the fucking 10 year old seeds. <laughs> Welcome to being a Boston sports fan. You know, the Bucky Dent home run. Fortunately, I was too young to remember that horseshit roughing the passer call when we played the Oakland Raiders, which is why I always laugh when I hear Raider fans crying about the tuck rule. That was payback. It was payback, just like when we rescued France in fucking World War II. We weren't doing them a favor. That was payback when they fucking saved our asses from the goddamn cozy smug cunts over there in England. Um... Anyways, you guys want to hear something fucking hilarious? This this is a new topic that I want to introduce onto the podcast. Um, this is something that I noticed. You, you, you ever just been sitting at home watching something by yourself, okay? And you're watching something that isn't supposed to be funny, and inadvertently it's fucking hilarious. And you just wish you could share it with other people. Well... With today's technology, people, you can. Why is the bed sliding away from the fucking wall here? Hang on a second. This is my bed. I have no headboard on my bed. Do you understand that, people? This is how you live a debt-free lifestyle. Okay? I have fucking... Goddamn pillow jam. Pillow. I can never say that word. I say P-E-L-L-O. I have white sheets that are gray. You know? By the way, overrated. White socks. Three washes, they're fucking gray. I don't give a fuck how much bleach you pour in there. You know, you open the goddamn dryer door, it looks like a fucking overcast day. It just depresses the shit out of you. All right? Underrated black socks. All right? Like Angus Young and fucking Michael Jordan. All right, so here we go. So you're sitting alone. Here's the, here's the new topic. You're sitting alone, minding your own fucking business. You're watching something that's not supposed to be funny. And then out of nowhere, they just say something fucking hilarious and you laugh your ass off. And you're like, God damn it. I wish there was other people here so they could have enjoyed that too. We could have had a nice laugh. Well, with today's technology, people, you can, especially if you buy an Olympus LS10 like I have. Are they up to the LS11 yet? How about you assholes fucking advertise on this podcast? Huh? There's my sales pitch. Um, <laughs> anyways... I, I, I noticed this. I, I remember bringing this up a long time ago. I was watching one of those murder shows. I always watch the murder shows, the trials, the shit on serial killers, the jails. I watch all that shit. 
And uh, I was watching one one time, and it was about these two serial killers and uh, that actually joined forces like Batman and Robin. And one of them had already committed murders, and then he moved to another city, and that's where he meets the other serial killer. And that Bill Curtis guy or something's doing the narration. And when he describes the one serial ki- killer meeting his new friend, they go, he then moved on to wherever, and he goes, there he met a sometimes transvestite. No, a tra- there he there he met, yeah, a sometimes transvestite and pyromaniac. I still remember where I was. I butchered the line. I, was, I still remember where I was when I fucking heard that. I was actually working the improv in Tempe, Arizona, and I was sitting in the hotel bed after doing two tremendous shows. Of course, not to pat myself on the back. I always have a good time out there, right? And then I was watching it, and Bill Curtis, and I, and I turned on the TV, and I caught like two minutes before, and that's when Bill Curtis just went, there he met a sometimes transvestite and pyromaniac. And I bursted out laughing by myself, and I was like, God damn it. I wish someone else could have enjoyed that. So with that set up, people, here's the one that I saw today. I was watching this shit on uh, – ah, Christ, I just closed the fucking window. What the hell's wrong with me? I was watching this show called Behind Mansion Walls, and it was all about these rich guys. It was basically about rich guys who were divorcing women, and they didn't want to give them any money, and then they would kill them. And then because they had so much money, it was kind of this 50-50 as to whether they got away with it or not, which was, uh, you know, added to the tension of watching it, but was also really fucking disturbing because these guys could, you know... This one guy paid $13 million to his lawyer. And, of course, the guy gets him off. He got that kind of money. He can buy your way out of a problem, just like the fucking New York Yankees. They're never going to suck again. I don't give a shit how many Carl Pavanos they sign. They got enough money to walk away from it. And sadly, so do the Red Sox. I know we're part of the problem, but whatever. So I'm watching the show Behind Mansion Walls. And uh, the guy... You know, worth $13 million, he, oh, whatever. He pays his lawyer $13 million, and he fucking, uh, oh, where the hell is this goddamn clip? I don't know, whatever. So it's part of their defense thing. Where the hell is it? Are you shitting me? Why do I do this? Well, here it is. This, this is something. This, this was a, a person describing his ex-wife, uh, some other rich person within the town that believed – the rich guy was innocent. And this is out of nowhere. This is a show about some poor woman who lost her life because this fucking asshole, uh, you know, you're going through a divorce, dude. Like, you know, why don't you spend thir- $13 million on a divorce lawyer? I'm sure you'll be able to keep most of your goddamn money, you fucking moron. You know? I mean, God knows you know the history of this podcast that I am all about – you know, I'm always defending the guys, how bad guys get fucked over in in, uh, in fucking divorces. Jesus Christ, could I meander anymore through this? Why don't I just play the goddamn clip? So this this lady, his next-door neighbor, is talking about the uh, some girl who's going to testify against this guy who paid his lawyer $13 million. And this is a really serious show, and I'm on the edge of my seat going, fuck, is this guy going to get away with this shit? And this is what the lady said. Here it is. Let's- Let me put it this way. That's the way they edited it. Ah, Jesus, I'm trying to shut this. 
fucking thing off. That's what she said. They thought that she was a whore, and then they cut to the fucking lady who was just called a whore in trial going, that is not true, and I fucking bursted out laughing. And I was like, God damn it, I want to share that with some people. And you know what's funny? Halfway through that, I started losing confidence in whether it's even funny because I did such a bad job setting it up. Why the fuck did it? I'm the worst. I took the wrong one. That's why. That's why. Let me see this. What is that? Ah, I'm the worst. You know. Uh, you know what? I'm, you know what? I've had just about enough of my fucking unprofessional. I got to get somebody in here to help me out with this shit. You know how much better this podcast would be if I actually had somebody sitting here and I just had him playing the goddamn clip. I got to start fucking doing that shit. I really do. And this is not me asking for you guys to send me emails. I already have somebody that I'm going to use, okay? I don't want people going, oh, I live in New Hampshire, but I could fly out there if you paid for the ticket. I'm not into that. I appreciate appreciate the help. All right, so I tried something new this week. I actually printed out some stuff rather than so I wouldn't um, – have to uh, text my way, not text my way through this, sit here and, uh, oh, Jesus Christ, I can't even multitask here. I'm trying to explain what I'm doing as I'm setting this fucking thing up. Why don't I just get, this podcast has just gone off the goddamn rails. This overhead light is making me sweat like this fat fuck I just saw in that man versus food. He's actually challenging other fatties to go out there, and they went to Boston. And I, I got to tell you, man. I hate to say this being from Boston, but there are some ugly sons of bitches from Boston. It's just, it, there's no happy medium. They're either good looking or fucking, this dude, he looked like a pelican. He had this giant fucking chin. I, I just, it was, oh God, and the skanks in the background cheering him on as he's eating. It was a six pound burger they were trying to eat. And, you know, for those of you who suck at math, that's like 24 quarter pounders with cheese minus the bun. I guess the bun was gigantic. No, no, they, they, they had a bunch of little patties. So it was a, with, with, if you just ate one bun and then you ate 24 of those fucking patties. And these fatties are fucking chomping their way through it. So anyways, I don't even know why the fuck I went into that. Yeah, but why don't you make fun of fat people once again? Um, all right. Let's plow ahead here. Um, somebody actually sent me this, uh, this link here. It said, Bill, you may have more influence than you realize. Now I realize that I didn't have an influence on this, but this makes me happy. It says major grocery grocer getting rid of self checkout lanes. All those years, you guys seen my specials. I've been going off on those things saying how you're basically, you're just working for free and putting a fellow American out of business. Uh, out of work, I should say. It says uh, one of the nation's major grocery store chains is eliminating self-checkout lanes in an effort to encourage more human contact with its customers. Isn't it hilarious when a corporation tries to lie? How they try and spin it. I'm going to go with they didn't work. I'm going to go with the reason why they're doing it is because people were stealing too much food or... The average human being was too fucking stupid to figure out how to do it no matter how much they explained to it, explained it to them. So rather than just admitting defeat, they try to spit it in this positive way. Rather than just coming out, yeah, you know, we tried to explain it to them, but, you know, the, the amount of mouth breathers out there is just absolutely, it's catastrophic. 
and it didn't make it cost effective. We just realized that we would be explaining these things until the end of time, or they would come out and just be like, uh, we've ascertained that uh, of the 24,000 carton of eggs that were on the shelf, uh, only 18,973 were paid for. So um, we're going to go back to the uh, human way of doing these things. If there's any questions, you can go fuck yourself because I'm walking away from the podium. Um, so this is basically how they spin it. One of the nation's major, major grocery store chains is eliminating self-checkout lanes in an effort to encourage more human contact with its customers. Here comes Santa Claus. Here comes Santa Claus. Albertsons, which operates 217 stores in seven western and southern states, will eliminate all self-checkout lanes in the 100 stores that have them and will replace, replace them with standard or express lanes, a spokeswoman said. Here comes some more bullshit from the Albertsons people. We just want the opportunity to talk to customers more. That's the driving motivation. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. You lying, fucking, talking head. You know what I think it is? I bet it was when you went through there. Please, you guys, by the way, present your theories. I bet when you went through there that people weren't using their little savey save cards. They weren't using something. They weren't getting enough information. It's one of those three. You know, we just wanted the opportunity to talk to the customers more. They want to fucking worm their way in there. This is what you do. So just go to that place, use their thing, and don't talk to the person behind the counter. Or talk to them, but stop short of giving them any sort of personal information. Can we have your phone number? No. No, you can't. They usually just say, can we have a phone number? So just give them one. Uh, 916-452-1234. Go fuck yourself. Uh, privately held Albertsons operates in Arizona, Colorado, Florida, Louisiana, New Mexico, Texas, and Utah. Um, the move does not affect stores operated by the grocery giant Super Value, which operates more than 450 Albertsons. You motherfucker. Including Southern California. God damn it. Well, you know what? These are privately owned ones. So maybe that this could actually be a good thing. Maybe that's why they did. Maybe they actually wanted more human contact. You know, it would help if I actually read these halfway through. So let me change my bitching to see. Yeah, see the big corporate guys. They don't give a fuck. They're still trying to fucking make you work for free. But these nice privately owned ones. Oh, God. Douchebag of the week. Me for not reading that whole fucking thing. All right. Well, that's a good thing, though. That's a good thing. I like it. I like that they're, they're going back. To uh, human contact. So there you go. Maybe some people can get some goddamn jobs out there. All right. This podcast is completely off the rails here. Let's uh, let's plow ahead here and let's go with some uh, some advice for the week. Uh, hey, Bill, I've been talking to this chick who I met on this random chatting site for about three months now. We talk almost all the time over instant messenger. She told me that she lives in New York, but she's originally from here, Los Angeles. I never video or voice chatted with her, but she sent me pictures of what she looked like. Oh, Jesus. Uh, The thing that bothers me is every time I bring up the subject of video chatting or voice chatting with her, she gets real pissy and changes the subject. On a side note, mostly the reason I want to video chat with her or voice chat with her is because I'm still on the fence on whether or not it's a dude. What? But the thing that makes me doubt that it is, what? 
Okay, on the side note, mostly the, the, I'm on the fence on whether or not it's a do, a do, but the thing that makes me doubt that is that she always texts me in the morning to wake up and chat with her on IM. People, please write in complete sentences. Well, about two weeks ago, she agreed to video chat, but the thing is she usually gets home around 3 or 4 a.m., her time, which is 12 or 1 here that day. I was ex- oh, That day I was exhausted from work, so I fell asleep. The thing I found odd was that she didn't even text me when she got home, and she always does. Not saying I, was f- I forced her to text me because I'm not some clingy cunt. When I asked her why she didn't text me, she said because she didn't want to wake me. But she always seems to text me and wakes me with a text saying wake up or one or two at one or two AM. So I let that go. The next week she says that she wants to voice chat with me, then five minutes later she says she has to go and that will voice chat when she gets home, which is around twelve AM here. I stayed up and not once did she sign on or on so I called her quits around three AM. Jesus Christ, dude. Why don't you just watch some porn, jerk off and go to bed and fucking forget this this goddamn what's behind door number four? Why are you doing this to yourself? I'm not even done with this and I already have a solution. Watch porn and jerk off and go talk to people in a bar. Um, anyways, let's, let's get through this. Uh, then when I asked her what happened and if she wanted to chat, she avoided the question and got pissed off. So I finally said, fuck this, I'm done, and I blew her off. Do you think I should let this go and stop talking to this chick? I think I already answered this. Or do you think I'm just blowing this out of proportion? One last thing you should know is that me and this person talked for hours at a time, and I'm really not sorry for this long message because I'm paying to go see you in Irvine during your Thursday show. So there you go. Hope you get back to me. Thanks. Uh, yeah, dude. There's like There was already like three major red flags in here. First of all, you're talking about distance, it seems. Um, she lives in New York. You live in L.A., so that's not going to fucking work out. you got to stay up till all hours of the goddamn night waiting to talk to her, so that's not going to work out. And then she doesn't want to do the video chat. So most likely, the photo she sent you was probably when she looked her best, is what I'm guessing. And then you threw in there, it, it might be a dude. So I really don't think you need my advice here, all right? So I don't think you need a long-distance relationship with some fat transvestite. <laughs> there you go. There you are, sir. Uh, you dodged a bullet in nine years of therapy. All right, Bill, I'm a big fan of the podcast. Uh, all right, here we go. My boyfriend and I have been dating exclusively for about eight months now, and things are getting uh, are pretty great. Uh, There's just one little hiccup that I was hoping you could help with. A few months back, I told my boyfriend that when we were first started dating, I also went on a date with another guy. Uh, It was just a concert and a little goodnight kissing, and then we went our separate ways. At the time, I was recently single, and I was exploring my option, but didn't feel much of a connection with the second guy, and he never really showed much of an interest back. Uh, So there wasn't much contact after the date. There wasn't much contact after the date. Okay, you've left that open-ended. All right. We work at the same company but entirely different offices, so we do run into each other from time to time and have casual hallway chit-chat. Oh, my God. I swear to God, women, if you were a little bit bigger, you'd be the greatest major league fucking catchers of all time. The way you can frame your fucking bullshit 
and make it look better than it really is. That was clearly a ball outside, and you just framed that into a nice little strike there, didn't you? There wasn't much contact after the date. There wasn't much interest. We had just started dating. We work at the same company, but it's different offices. We do run into each other time to time for just a little chit-chat. Gee, oh, Jesus. All right, here we go. I told my boyfriend about this, and he forgave me and said he understood and all was well until recently. Guy number two. Number two. Huh? How pathetic. How pathetic, poetic is that? The piece of shit. Number two asked me out again about two months ago, and I politely declined and said I was seeing someone else now. Uh, he backed off, and that was the end of that. In an effort to be open and honest. I know I would have normally kept this to myself. I told my boyfriend about it. All right. As always, I haven't read this whole thing, but why would you do that? Okay. You know, if you truly don't have feelings for that fucking guy, who gives a fuck? Don't say anything. Okay. You think your boyfriend hasn't gone out and the local whore at the bar who just got her tits done and wanted to show them to everybody like she got her nails did, right? Didn't pull her titty out. You know, he doesn't need to tell you that because he wants to keep going down there drinking with his friends. He doesn't give a fuck. Some shit, you know, you can keep to yourself. So anyways, she goes, I told my boyfriend about it. Now he keeps asking me to retell the date story and flat out tells me he thinks I'm lying. He thinks something more happened. And he said, from a man's perspective, there is just no way this guy goes on a date with me, gets a kiss and then leaves me alone. Uh, there's something you're not telling me, he said. I've told my boyfriend that there just wasn't a connection. Conversation was a little awkward and forced. The kiss wasn't great, etc., etc. Uh, but he's still very suspicious. I'm wondering if there is anything I can say to put his mind at ease. No. No, you fucked up. You fucked up by telling him that. Look at all the details, how op- openly, you, open-ended you've left this stuff where it's like, you know, I went on a date when we first started seeing each other, you know, because we weren't official. And then you say there wasn't much contact after the date. So that means there was some contact. I guess you're saying the contact was that you work at the same company, but it's different offices. So you run into each other from time to time. So it's casual hallway chit chat. Is that what it is? This is kind of vague. Um, so anyways, he said, she says, uh, I'm tempted to show him my own old phone bills to prove how many texts were sent back and forth to make him feel like an asshole. I think that's a good move. I, he, you shouldn't make him, you, you, like, what you should do is to clear your own name. He's not the asshole in this. You are. Um, or you're naive. Because, you, you, first of all, you told him that you went on another date. While you guys were first seeing each other, he forgave you for all that shit, even though you made out with this guy at work. He looks the other fucking way. And then you come home with this this shit like, what Like, what did you think that you were going to, what, what did you think it was going to do other than make him feel insecure and jealous? And uh, I know there's probably a lot of ladies listening right now and be like, well, that's the thing. See, guys are so fucking insecure. You can't even be honest. Shut up. So are you. Okay? If you fucking just started dating some dude and he gets all honest, he goes, yeah, I also, you know, went on a date with some chick from work. We made out, but it was kind of awkward and whatever. I run into her from time to time. 
right? And then you, you say, fine, no biggie. And then a few months into the relationship, he brings up that she comes back into the picture and starts fucking, uh, you know, comes back in the picture and asks if, you know, if he'd like to go out on a, on a drink with her and have a drink with her, you know, on a drink with her, go out and have a date with her, you know? No, go out on a date or have a drink with her. God damn it, I'm fucked. Um, you'd have a problem with that, right? So anyways, uh, she said, I guess I'm mostly frustrated because he's accusing me of lying in this, about this innocent event. I should just play along, answer his question till he drops it. Oh, should I just play along? I've told him that the constant questioning bothers me and I don't like it being accused of lying, but I see it eating at him from time to time, so I feel like it's an issue will keep coming up until something changes. Do you think over time he'll just let it go and eventually believe me? What should I do? All right, I, I just... Okay, first and foremost, wait, I'm going to open the fucking window because I don't give a shit if you guys can hear the traffic. It's too goddamn hot. Hey, slow down. There's kids out here. Um, anyways, in the future, if some guy makes advances at you and you don't give a fuck, you honestly don't give a fuck, don't bring it up to your boyfriend because all you're doing is just going to make him jealous. And you're going to make him feel insecure that there's guys out. He knows that there's guys out there trying to fuck his girlfriend. He doesn't need to hear about it. Why would you do that to him? All right. And at this point, you know, I would just say that what you've been telling me, that if, if you truly f- believe this, all right, because part of me is thinking that you did this to make him feel jealous so you could feel fucking attractive and then he flipped out, and now it's got a little out of your, your control here. So now you want to hear, you know, you're looking for some sort of sympathy from somebody else. Part of me is thinking that, but you actually, I don't know, something about you kind of seem like a nice person, so I'm going to believe you here. So I would actually get your phone bills and show it to him, all right? And just say, I'm guilty of being too fucking honest. I'm sorry, and uh, I, think, I think it'll be all right. It might be all right, you know? I don't know. I have no fucking idea. I just don't know why women I don't I don't know why they do shit like that. They seem to do that. Ah, Jesus Christ, Bill. Why do you lump all women into everything? Are you ever going to get past your fucking issues? All right, let's move on to the next one. You know, I'm really just having enough with the whole me always trashing women. It's getting tired. I'm sick of doing it. So to balance out the podcast, you know what we're going to do? I'm going to bring in a special guest. I'm going to bring in a fucking lady. <laughs> the wonderful Nia, as always, putting up with me and my bullshit. Mm-hmm. And uh, no, fuck you. Okay. See? I do, I do a lot See of what stuff. you do? You can't, even, you know you can't even be nice for like because, two minutes. Because I'm sitting there. I'm trying to open up yeah. and say that I know that I'm a jerk. Yeah. And then you have to like I, I hate when I hate that. I hate, when, I hate when someone goes like – when they're actually going like, listen, I was wrong. I shouldn't have done X, Y, and Z. And the other person's going, uh-huh, right? It just makes you want to do it again. That just means that I'm listening. <laughs> You're so full of shit. Nia, please don't do this. I'm trying not to – I'm trying to get over my issues that I have with women. And what you're doing is you're feeding right into it. Do I, oh, do, please. Do I, do I really – It doesn't ha- take much. Do I re- – <laughs> that's true. But do I really have to listen back to the way you went, uh-huh, how you just did that? At least that's the way I heard it. At least that's – all right. I brought you in here because <laughs> – You done? <laughs> yeah, I'm done. Great. You, you know what? Just to make you feel better, I'm getting sick of me. And my, <laughs> my, 
my tired fucking views. Join the rest of us. Oh, fuck you. All right. Here we go. All right. Here we go. What uh, is this now? This is the advice. Oh, okay. The advice. Okay. Right. And this is from a woman here. And I really need your advice on this one because I just some, – some woman just wrote in. And I, actually, I'm feeling bad already because I think she was kind of nice and I immediately just started trashing her, which really had nothing to do with her. It really had to do with me. And the issues that I have. Is this this letter or something no, previous? No, that was the previous one. Oh, okay. If you were listening to what I said a few seconds ago. <laughs> Did uh, you apologize? Huh? Did you apologize? Did you admit that you felt that maybe it had more to do with your issues than what she wrote? Yeah. And oh, that, okay. And that was a very nice segue to coming in here. So yeah. are, you, are you happy now? I Did, am. did I do the right thing? Yeah, that's great. Okay. All right, here we go. So here's this lady. This lady <laughs> writes in here. Uh, a bit of advice here. Uh, I need a bit of advice here. I feel guilty as uh, I feel as though I am the friend. Uh, Jesus, let me start off. I feel as though <laughs> I'm really having a rough time. Get it time. together, BB. I'm really having a rough time here. I feel as though I am the friend that breaks up romance. I feel guilty that I am the one who caused problems to the relationships of my guy's friends. I'm not sure what it is, but I think my friends talk to me more than they talk to their women and jealousy develops. Oh, my God. Let me finish. Purely factual, I know I was better looking than them. Wait. But I wouldn't say I'm Megan Fox either. I have been compared to Katy Perry. I guess she's pretty too, but whatever. Uh, Are you fucking serious? No, she really wrote that, and I butchered it the way I read it. Oh, my God. Uh, now I'm in a situation that I don't know what to do with. Two of my friends, guys, seem to be flirting with me all the time. Saying things that I see as a guy would only say to his girlfriend. Uh, I'm not really a flirty person. I'm a good listener, but talk a lot, so conversations are never dull. Is it me, or does that just say that she dresses like a fucking hottie Wait, and just, steers no, it towards sex? Just, no, I'm reading just, the rest of this. Yeah, just read the rest of it because then I want to I wanna unload. Chime in. All I right. want to un- – no, I'm, I need to unload. Okay. I was told twice after my friends broke their relationships off with their girlfriends that their girlfriends were jealous of me. But what do you expect? Of course we're going to have our inside jokes and lots in common. I have strong friendships and have known my friends usually longer than they have known their girlfriends. It's not convenient. I actually am pretty lucky when it comes to guys. I'm always treated like a princess, <laughs> which I adore, of course. Partially because oh. I'm not a horny slut who chooses hot guys who are assholes just to fuck. What? The downside, I'm not making this up, the downside of it all is I always feel bad about the whole so situation. So bad. About so the bad. Whole, <laughs> about the whole situation. So I never get into relationships myself. So I thought I would ask what? you I don't, okay. for your viewpoint in addition to my girlfriends. What's your opinion? Should I draw myself back or go with the flow and then see what happens? Uh, P.S. I know your answer is going to be rude and biased, but it's okay. I get a kick out of it. What does that mean? Uh, go with her. What? What is, what is that last sentence? She I think said? She, I think she's talking about. Uh, she said, "Back off. Go with the flow." I think she's talking about. I can't tell if she's talking about letting herself go to get into a relationship, or if she should back off uh, her guy friends when they have when they have girlfriends. You know what? Okay. I have this to say to this girl. And I'm, I'm going to refer to this person as a girl because only a girl would be so blatantly narcissistic and manipulative and then have the balls to act like she doesn't understand why the other girls don't like her. 
Okay. You know, it's like, you know exactly what you're doing. What is she doing? You're being a manipulative little narcissist that has to be the center of attention. And the other girls know that you're doing this. That's why they don't like you. They're not jealous of you. They see exactly the kind of girl that you are. And let me guess, let me guess, let me guess. You're the kind of girl that, like, I don't really have, like, a lot of female friends. Because, like, girls are bitches and, like, will backstab you. So I just, like, hang out with guys (laughs) and have, like, a beer or whatever. Because I don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're she's one of those girls and the reason that is is because you are everything that most women hate but you're too dumb to realize that you are the one that's doing it let me guess so you hang out with all these guys (laughs) your guy friends that are like confiding in you and being oh so flirty with you you're you're hanging around this guy but i have a feeling that you suck out all the air out of a room anytime you're around so whatever girl they're around immediately hates you because we hate women like you and you're throwing around enough of a whiff of pussy <laughs> to have them follow you around because in typical guy fashion, some of them are just too fucking stupid and they're hanging on to this hope that you're actually going to fuck them. And you're doing this because you, even though you're a narcissist, you have all this self-loathing. Like you don't feel like you can get a, a good guy. And I'm not buying the, I'm really lucky with guys. They treat me like princess and I adore. So why aren't you in a relationship? Why don't you have a boyfriend? Why are you always hanging out with other people's boyfriends? Why don't you get your own man? Jesus Christ. And back the fuck off. I, I hate women. You would women. get an I applause break like on every talk show. All you needed to end that with, and you need to get a job. I everybody. cannot Woo! stand girls like so this. So let me, let me ask you this. Okay, this, so, this is so the this, most this, ridiculous thing I've ever – I like so, how she casually throws out how she, oh, I'm no Megan Fox, but I have been compared to Katy Perry. Bitch, please. <laughs> All right, Nia, everybody, <laughs> taking care of that topic. Let me let me just, if I can just try to just, if if she walks into a bar, and okay, she's already in the bar. This is what I'm picturing. She's already in the bar, or she shows up. Like, if the guys are like, oh, me and my girlfriend are going down for a fucking brunch, and we're going to watch the game. She comes down, looks extra cute, extra fucking hot, has her tits hanging oh, yeah, out. of course. And then deliberately does the inside jokes. Yep. To show that yep. she's closer to yep. them. She's that girl, right? Oh, absolutely. She's, she's that totally that girl. She's that girl. Okay. And I'm sure she's, you know, I'm, sure, right, she's, I'm well. sure she's borrowed one of their T-shirts and wears them to one of these things. Yeah. Well, It's like, oh, my God, I totally forgot this is your T-shirt. You left it over my house that time. <laughs> yeah, okay. That's what I thought. I see. See. Well, see, you know what? I can't even believe the, the nerve that, that that email was even written. What's well, the thing? How you trashed her was basically the angle I was going to trash her, but I don't have your insight as a female. But what was great about that was it just would have been back-to-back me trashing a female and would have come off like an asshole. That was great. You actually – I feel like uh, I pulled a little sinister move there. I got you to do my dirty work. Oh, is that what you think? (laughs) That was tremendous. You really, You really uh, – Yeah, it really got me going. My blood was kind of pumping. I would say you fucking – Blew the pubes right off her little landing strip that you know she's accidentally showed with her loose fucking shorts. Um, anyways, overrated, underrated, overrated bottled water. Somebody didn't say overrated? why. Yeah, I think it's overall. I, you know that they just versus what well, pond water. I think they just <laughs> scoop it out of some fucking pond. I think, and then they boil it, 
and they stick it into a goddamn yeah probably and they leave it in a warehouse for like I've I've heard for like years I'm sure I've they heard do. from people who didn't really investigate it I've overheard <laughs> them talking about it that they that they That's do it probably for years. true but who cares it's just fucking water everyone's fine. I'll tell you what the problem is is because it it ends up in the ocean like like I think what does the bottles yeah even though you you put them in the blue trash barrel we're gonna mm-hmm. recycle right you know. <laughs> You know, yeah. there's no money in recycling, really. They haven't figured out how to do it. And I've seen so many of those investigative reporters, you know, those guys, who, the reporters who actually do their job and they give a shit yeah. and they follow them. They're driving, <laughs> they're driving like some 72 fucking Caprice classic with like the, 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 the fucking driver's side door doesn't close unless they tie it to the headrest. And they follow <laughs> these fucking trucks and they bring it to the dump. They yeah. bring it to the dump. And that's, some of that shit ends up in the ocean. It's yeah. So yeah. I don't know. And then they said underrated meatloaf. Uh, oh, meatloaf is awesome. Yeah, I I think meatloaf is the shit. It is. It, but you know what? If it's not made right, then it's really fucking terrible. Then it's like a brick. Yeah, you know? meatloaf. So. Meatloaf is like the Malcolm Young of meats. It's just what the shit. Mean? It's the shit, and it's just totally not appreciated. Oh. And, and everybody thinks that it's simple. Like people, like people yeah. play guitar. Think what Malcolm Young does in ACDC is a simple thing to play something that simple with that much air in between it, you, you know, and get eighty thousand people to absolutely lose their fucking minds. They think that it's simple. Meatloaf is the same fucking thing. What do you what? Have meatloaf. You ever everybody made... thinks I can make fucking meatloaf. Yeah. Have you not... ever made meatloaf before? I oh, never. Yeah. You have. Yeah, I have a recipe. <gasps> you know what? The best part of the recipe is at the very end. You take a strip of bacon and you put it right oh, on top geez. of the fucking flavor. <laughs> <Flava>. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you make it? Huh? I, I would love to make You know something? I actually, believe it or not, I enjoy cooking, but you cook so well and you do it for me. You know, and I'm so busy, you know, fixing the leaky faucet. By the way, did you notice that the cold uh, knob doesn't work now? What do you mean it doesn't work? Yeah, it does. No, it doesn't. Go go look. I oh, just, no, 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 no. The no. broken side wor- no. works, but the other side doesn't. No, what happened was – What did was, you do? I was taking a picture of it for my to, for my podcast uh-huh. to show people what it looked like. So I had to turn it on, so I just turned the water off underneath. Okay. All you do is turn it counterclockwise and it will come back on. Okay. But, uh, do you to. remember when I fixed the faucet? I fixed the leaky faucet. I don't know what I did. And this time I couldn't do it. I let my temper get the best of me. Can you at least tell my podcast <laughs> listeners how I've at least compartmentalized my temper, right? I don't lose my shit in the car anymore. That's true. That's yeah. gotten better. Oh, that was such an effort <laughs> for you to give me that. That was such an effort. It's gotten better. It's gotten a lot better. I used to be like, is there anything funnier than somebody in a Prius with a fucking roid rage? <laughs> and the fact that I'm a redhead. Road rage. So road my, rage. what did I say? Roid rage? Roid rage. Yeah. yeah. I'm a little fucking tired today. I've been, I've been fucking up all the words. Um, yeah. The, the comedy moments. It's just gone. <laughs> it's there. What else is overrated and underrated? Is that it? Uh, Bottled I, water I and meatloaf? Come bottled. on. Well, that topic is just sort of gradually dying. I don't know why people, I think we've. Pretty much got everything that's fucking over. Oh, here's one. Fathead of the week. Bringing this one back. John Cougar Mellencamp. Did I bring him up before? What? What What do you, what do you mean? I'm ta- I, like, I talk to people all the time about fucking uh, just, you know, I quit boozing because I was getting that big Ted Kennedy fucking fathead. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so- John 
Cougar Mellencamp. John Cougar Mellencamp. John Mellencamp. He doesn't have yeah. Cougar anymore. Oh, whatever. <laughs> His head's big enough for three names. <laughs> <laughs> he has a giant fucking squash now. He was riding on this Vespa. He's riding on a Vespa with fucking uh, Meg Ryan who got her face did. I don't know what did she did. Did you see this on the street or something? What are you no, I went to like, oh my God, they're just like us.com. <laughs> I don't know where I saw it. So she okay. was peeking out behind with her uh, her cat eyes that she has now. <laughs> yeah, she did. She looked like Madonna in a wind tunnel. <laughs> so She's peeking around his giant fucking head. Maybe this, it was just the angle. No, this gi- no. She has those. She got the bet. She I don't know, I, the crush I had on her. Did you have a crush oh on Meg God. Ryan? When I Harry would not think Sally. that Meg Ryan is your type. But you have weird types. When you talk about girls you used to crush on when you were younger, it's I'm always surprised. What so Meg mean? Ryan, Mary Lou Retton. She had nice thighs. <laughs> she was a little thicky. I remember my mom was just like, she's a little, she's a little bigger. I was like, I like that. All those other gymnasts that were running around look like little fucking poodles. Yeah, she had some meat on her bones. She did. She was real she short. She, she had, yeah, she had a nice smile. Mm-hmm. That little Dorothy Hamill haircut. <laughs> she was very perky I as had, well. She was. I had some ideas. <laughs> About Mary Lou uh, Retton. You want to hear my crushes America's when I was a kid? sweetheart. Yeah. My crushes when I was a kid? Let's see here. First one I can remember was Kate Jackson when she was on the rookies. Charlie's Angels? On the rookies. Oh, okay. Ba-na-na-na-na-na-na-na. But she was on Charlie's Angels too, right? Oh, one of the great fucking theme songs. Okay. Of all time. Farrah Fawcett, of course. Of course. Um, who else? Oh, Valerie Bertinelli on oh, one, yeah. one Day at a Time. I had a yeah, lot of hacky she's ones. She's beautiful. But she's beautiful. And, then, and she was the key uh, girl Then I crossed the street when I started watching Different Strokes, and I liked a young Janet Jackson when she – Crossed the street? Yeah, what do you call it? Crossed the tracks. It went you into the, the young for, Janet for Jackson? Big, when she played uh, – was it not, – not Penny was Good Times. I didn't like right. her. She was a little fatty on that one. <laughs> she was a baby, and she was not she fat. She needed to do some laps. She needed oh to run up God. and down those project stairs. That's baby fat. <laughs> Anyways, listen to me. That should have got a laugh, but you weren't listening. You didn't hear that? Oh, projects are from Good Times, but they lived in the projects. Lived in the projects, yes. It just wasn't funny. Yeah, it was. You weren't listening. You were too busy thinking about what you were going to say. And if you can do the radio thing, you have to listen to the other person. So how are you doing it? Huh? What do you mean, how am I doing it? I've heard everything you've said. When you were on that rant, trashing that woman... You think I didn't have jokes to add to it? I, I, I was like, she's, she's just let her go. I was on a tear. That's fish on. Let her on fucking wear herself out, and then I'll reel her back into the boat. That's what I did. So no, when she so played Janet Charmaine, Jackson. when she played Charmaine, yes. uh-huh. um, who else? Of course, Tanya Katane in, in the fucking White Snake video. Oh, that poor woman. Huh? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I like Blair for a minute, but then I ended, up, I ended up liking Joe. The more facts of life. Yep, the one who was in the ride in the motorcycle. I was like brunettes. I yeah. was never like into the blonde. Joe thing. was hotter than Blair. Are Absolutely. we having a slumber party right now? <laughs> How the fuck did we start talking about this? I think Joe was hotter than Blair, even though it was presented the other way. She I was, just got she was sexier. The she was entire tired. Sex in the City on Laserdisc, and I have to tell you, I am beyond excited. Um, I really I, was Laserdisc good. I bet it was fucking phenomenal. Was that another one of those? Wasn't it was out for like two years and then no one cared anymore? No one has laser discs. Yeah, like guys like Steven Spielberg, people who are already who already made it, own that shit. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he has all that stuff. 
probably paid like twenty grand for it too when he got it, or he got it for free because. Uh, of course, he got it for free. What movie? What movie was he doing? Hook. Hook was a big hit. <laughs> um, all right. So here, here's the YouTube videos for the week. You'd love this one. This kid. Uh, you know. You know those little pageant pageant uh, mm-hmm. girls. You know that I'm going yeah. to Bayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this. Where's a- my name? Yeah, there's somebody who actually got her talking about getting hairspray in her mouth, and they slowed it down so she sounds like a dude. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Uh, fucking <laughs> hilarious. These are all going to be up on the MM Podcast, by the way. And if you want to go on the MM Podcast and make a donation yes, and uh, to help keep us running here with our <laughs> unbelievable overhead, um, actually be giving us money Towards the new studio that I hopefully I'll be uh, getting soon. Yes, absolutely. Um, just click on the donation button right on the mmpodcast.com. It's right underneath the Facebook, Twitter, and all those uh, buttons right on the right-hand side of the page. And uh, let's see here. Uh, so you know, you know that they have those little kids that the, you know the parents get them into those uh, yeah, beauty contents, which yeah. is really fucking creepy. Like, yeah, why would is. you do that after that? It is. It's weird. Joan Bonet. Joan Bonet. Uh, John Benet Ramsey, Lafleur, whatever, some sort of hockey name. Um, <laughs> John Benet Ramsey, right? Poor baby. Um, anyways, uh, so there's a boy who competes in these things. Oh yeah, they have the and, boy. And They're he, like little gentleman pageants, and, or and whatever. He, well, he refers to himself as a diva. Oh boy. And I want, <laughs> yeah, and I want, oh Jesus, and I want you to watch this because I can't figure out if this kid needs a father figure uh-huh. and to be rescued. From his mother. His mother is either absolutely crazy or the greatest fucking mom in history. Because she's either figured out that this kid is gay already. And she's like, and you she's, know what? She's totally accepted it. Let's just gay it up. And she totally accepted him. <laughs> yeah. Which is beyond, beyond fucking That's cool. That's probably right? exactly what it is. It, but yes. uh, with a little stage mom thrown in, of course. It's yeah, probably be- both. Because the, she has another kid and it's a little girl and she's also in that pageant thing. And I found that. Parents who enter their kids into those pageant things, they're a little fucking nuts. Yeah. There's something a little fucking wrong with putting your kid in that kabuki makeup and dressing her <laughs> up like a little fucking uh, who, who's harlot. It? Yeah, no, I was going to go with uh, – who's the girl who read, rode Trigger back in the day with Roy Rogers? What? Who was her? I, the, the, don't, I don't know who – Oh, that's, that's, that's classic to. Hollywood way back in the oh, day. Oh, is that from your generation? No, no, that's from way back, way back. Who, what the fuck was, who was Roy Rogers? The chicken guy, right? No. Is he a cowboy? Yeah, forget it. A Roy, famous yeah, Hollywood, Roy, yeah. a Hollywood cowboy? Owned the California Angels. Okay. Had doesn't the he famous have a chicken horse. place? Doesn't, doesn't there a Roy Rogers Maybe chicken place? Well, if it is, then fuck him, he's sold out. <laughs> All right, we're going on to the next one. He's got to make money. Um, Sean Connery, that classic clip. I remember this when I was a kid, when he went on Barbara Walters. And he talked about uh, how he thought it wasn't a bad thing to open hand slap your woman. That's right. Yes. When, when she won't let it go. Mm-hmm. And um, Sean Connery. You know, as much as I could never do that to you, Bill. I got to tell you, there have Bill, been moments, Bill, where I wish that we could rewind society a few years. You know, we could just. What if I could just snap my fingers and I was dressed like Robert Fulton? And I took off a glove and just slapped you across the face and then snapped my finger. We were right back into the Prius. And there was not a goddamn thing you could do about it because when I hit you, it was 1850. Um, 
Oh, hairspray in the mouth. Oh, here's one for drummers out there. Buddy Rich, watch this video. Now, everybody, as far as I've known, I've always given credit to Tommy Lee for being the first guy to do the, the drum set moving, oh, right. flipping around. Yes. This is Buddy Rich from back in the day going all the way upside down playing. Um, and here's something. This is something I wouldn't watch because this is really hippie, man. This hey, is, man. Hey, man. This is fish. Video video called You Enjoy Myself. Fish, the band? Yes, with the PH. I and, don't know their music, but people love them. Well, this is actually really interesting, like this, because I actually saw them perform this song. Oh, you did? Are they good live? At, at the they bo- seem like they'd be a good live band, right? Like, that's their if thing. If you can get past their annoying fans, they're fucking <laughs> amazing. You way have to they, get high with them. And the way they dance, that hippie oh, yeah. dancing, yeah. where, you know, you just sort of like. I, you got to get high with them. That's the that's the thing. You get high I, I, I and really everyone don't. dances in a circle really together don't. and it's a big communal thing. No, it's cool. No. I like anyways. So this this it's called You Enjoy Myself. Uh for those of you who are into like harder kind of music, if you're a musician, you you'll definitely be able to appreciate this. I mo- I imagine most people won't be able to get through the 11 minutes of it, but um I actually saw them perform this song live when they jump on the little fucking trampolines and uh I was blown away by them as musicians, but I found their fans I can't blame 100% on them because just for the record, the spin doctors were also playing. <laughs> and this is this is like right at that. You know, the spin doctors were cool for about 30, 35 minutes. <laughs> they came to the Boston Garden. Oh, God, this is a fucking story. They came to the Boston Garden. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, was this, it was for the WBCN. I don't know. I don't know what. But it was right when all the alternative music came in. So Fish headlined. It was uh, the Spin Doctors, and I'm going to leave this open ended. And if you guys want to hear this story, because I'm not going, because I don't name names on this podcast. But if you'd like to hear this story, I would say ask Robert Kelly to tell the story. Um, he has a podcast, basically a sketch group. For some reason, they decided it would be a good idea to, to have, perform to have during a, a concert. Yes, oh, they had God. the main stage, and they had a small stage. Yeah, and on the main stage was a huge band, Fish, Spin Doctors, and whoever the fuck else was there. And then they would have like these little acoustic sets. And out of nowhere, they had this sketch group go on mm. that Bobby Kelly may or may not <laughs> know the rest of the story. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was not the right environment, and it was amazing because I think one of the I things that I remembered when they were doing their sketch is I think that people didn't realize that they were a sketch comedy group. Mm-hmm. I think that they thought they that they were actually a group that was advocating recycling, and that they were trying to collect empty water bottles, some of them partially full, because when they were doing their jokes, people were donating their plastic bottles. Oh, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I got you. And you know what I did? I stood there and watched it. All right. Um, you probably participated, you jerk. No, I didn't. I felt horrible for him. I felt fucking horrible for him because uh, if I, you want to call me, baby, baby just go ahead now. now. And if you like my fucking red beard, <laughs> just suck my dick now. And I don't have any more. That, that fucking song. Is so fucking bad. And just when you think it can't get any worse, then he goes, ah! <laughs> 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 Oh, 
He should have been shot with a crossbow. No, don't say that. Okay, I shouldn't say don't that. Don't say that. He's a oh. fellow redhead, too. And he looked eerily like that other guy who was on the U.S. soccer team at that time. Ugh. <laughs> what was that other song? Uh, something about a bitch. What? It was just fucking... Oh, been a whole I'm lot a easier. No. A, oh, no, been a whole lot easier since the bitch been gone. Little Miss, Little Miss, Little Miss can't be wrong. Did right? they sing that song? Yes. Little Miss, Little Miss, Little Miss can't be wrong. And that song, I'm a bitch. Boo-ba-doo-ba-doo. I'm gonna end with this. This is one of my old jokes. One of my original jokes. That Why are you I, pointing at me? Because uh, you just reminded me of something. <laughs> that song, that song, I'm a bitch, I'm a that, and all the women love that song. Yeah. That was one of my first decent jokes I had. Because when that song came out, all the women used to go nuts singing that song. I, and I said, I love when that song comes on. See, because you can watch all the loser chicks trying to pretend they have control of their life. <laughs> and then they would always groan. And I would plow through the groan and be like, I go, it's kind of like when that song, I, the Tiger, comes on. And every guy in the bar starts throwing fucking punches like there's something, something. So I kind of brought it around. Uh-huh. And I actually, after pissing the women off, would get them back on my side. And... uh I remember thinking like, oh, that's kind of a cool little trick. Piss them off, make them pay attention, and then you give them the punchline. You, you make it seem like, oh, I'm going over here, but now I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm all on this side of the stage. Wow, that's so Machiavellian of Isn't you. It? Isn't that interesting? Have you been reading The Art of War? You know something? I don't need to be belittled <laughs> on my own fucking podcast. All right? Yes, you do. No, you don't. You know what? That's a classic female fucking thing. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end trashing women. This is what you guys do. You, you love us, you support us, but the second you see us feeling good about ourselves, I don't know, I think subcon let me true. finish my ignorance. <laughs> you start seeing us feel good about ourselves, you get a little insecure, like, oh my God, he's going to feel good about himself, and what is he going to do? Is he going to leave me and think he can do better? Let me fucking reel him in a little bit here. So you had, you had to bring me down right there. I was telling you I a never story any of that. about – yes, you did. No, I didn't. You didn't? All right. No. All right. I we'll didn't. leave it with that. Okay. Well, that was my paranoia. Yes. All right. Hour and 10 minutes. I think that's a, that's a good place to stop. Hour and 10 minutes. Hour and 10 minutes. Guys, please help me fix this sink. If you know any place out here that has vintage stuff <laughs> where I can buy it. You've really done it this time with that whole thing. No, I haven't. It's very easy. And everybody, what I'm going to love about it is everybody's going to come and help me out. But they're going to help me out in an internet way, which is they're going to be calling me a fucking moron the entire time they help me. Yeah, there's they'll a be lot like, of that. They'll be like, this subject will be, hey, dipshit. All right, fuckface. <laughs> Next time you do this, if you can fucking figure it out, moron. Well, you're the ultimate name caller, so they feel like they have to like get in there so they can be like you. Once again, once again, bringing me down. Rather, How am I bringing you down? Than, rather than laughing, you immediately take I am their laughing. side. I'm not taking. Oh, please. Why, why are you taking their side? Do, do you have something to hype? Side. Do you have something to hype? Are you going to be selling some sort of Nia no. merchandise? No, no, I do not. No, no I don't side with them at all. I hate those people that write in like that. I think it's very annoying. But I just feel like they're trying to like be like you. And they're trying to emulate you. That's what I was trying to say. Do you ever think that there's just a bunch of me's out there? These people would be oh, doing God, it. Oh, God, I hope not. Yeah, there are. <laughs> Go on YouTube. Look what people write under the videos. I can't look at YouTube comments. People are out of their fucking mind. All right, listen. You yes. got to keep your face near the microphone. If you start doing stuff like this on the podcast, the yeah, you do that. I'm not. No, no. You were talking and you started looking down at your foot. You went like that. Oh, okay. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to give you some sort of mic skills because I think you're you you add a lot to the podcast, and I would like to offer you a contract <gasps> to be on here to work free as I do. <laughs> 
<laughs> to be on here wow. more often. Well, I'll bring you in. You know something? When I feel like – like, you know, when I feel like I curse too much on stage, when I'm really feeling that, like I literally have a taste in my mouth. Like, okay, I, I need to clean it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. And like today when I was trashing women to the level, it's just like, Jesus Christ, I got to get, get Nia in here to try to balance this out. And why I love you is you fucking – I passed the baton right to you and you took it across the finish line. Thank you, sweetie. You fucking destroyed that lady. Yeah. All right. That's the podcast. That was sort of a feel-good ending. All right. Go fuck yourselves. Don't make it nice. Go fuck (laughs) yourselves. That's the podcast for this week. Uh, I'll be talking to you guys next week. Um, Where am I going to be this week? Oh, I'm going to be up in San Jose at the Improv. And you got – pick your microphone up. Um, You just really killed that right there. You set your microphone down and it rolls and you can hear it. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, do you get that it's on? Let me turn it off. (laughs) Um, Anyways, I'm going to be up to uh, the Improv in San Jose. You should definitely come out to these shows because these are going to be monster shows because I have not done an hour of stand-up in a while and I am fucking chomping at the bit to do it. And I feel like unloading some brand new fucking thoughts up there. So please come down to the scary downtown San Jose area. Uh, somebody got shot right out in front of that place last time. I really shouldn't be bringing that up. No, you shouldn't. Yeah. I keep it real, son. I'm sure it was all dealt with and everything's fine. It was. They swept it right out, took yeah, a garden I mean- hose, sprayed the blood off, and we did the second show. <laughs> the people have been arrested. Everyone's okay. Everything's yeah. okay. Yeah, so please come out to that. Next week, I'm going to be down in Irvine, Orange County, the plastic surgery capital of the world. Oh, you're gonna, gonna are you gonna bring it? are you going to bring it to them again? Are you going to tell them about themselves like huh? you did last time? I'm going to fucking rent a Dodge Challenger. I'm going to beat on that driving to and from. And... Uh, because the highways out here suck. And then after that, I'm at the Montreal Comedy Festival. Ha, ha, ha. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, uh, and that is it. Why aren't I going to that? Huh? Why aren't I going to that? I love Montreal. Well, you know, there's... Uh, Can I come? Yeah. Why don't you go on that, that Star Trek website? Get yourself a cheap ticket. All right. The one Captain Kirk talks about. Oh, uh, Priceline? Why aren't you on that one? I, I don't know. Because you usually come to the... the I don't know, Miami. I don't know. I don't want to talk about the ones you usually go to. You usually don't go to the – go to that one. Do yeah. I bring you to that one? Why would you make it awkward? I, I didn't make it right, awkward. Let's talk about I, this I, later. I was, I was fine. <laughs> I, I don't think you're going to that one. Oh. Yeah. No, you're not going to that one. Why? I love Montreal. Montreal. Um, all right. Enough. <laughs> all right. That's the podcast for this week. I'll talk to you guys next week. And uh, like I said, if you guys – if you're watching anything, I'd really like to get some audio clips on this thing. If you see something on TV – that strikes you as funny. Send them in, for God's yeah. sakes. All right, talk to you next week. I've been running, trying to keep hung up in my mind. Just got to give myself a good talking to this time. Just need a little brain salad surgery. I got to cue my insecurity. I've been in the wrong place, but it must have been the right time. I've been in the right place, but it must have been the wrong song.
and sneaking, peeping, hiding out down the street. See my life shaking with every who I meet. Refried confusion if I'm making itself clear. Wonder which way I go to get on out of here. 